Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining or tuning back in to Call Your Therapist. I'm your host, Jayla Miller. I know I normally keep things lighthearted, but honestly, we're going to jump right into this topic today because it's a heavy one. So today, tonight, or whatever time you're listening to this audio, we'll be exploring the topic of self-harm. I'll be explaining what it is, how people can self-harm, and surprising, more people self-harm than you think. Also, I will be giving you, the listener, a way if you or someone you know that does this, a way to stop or get to a point where you ask for help to stop. Well, honestly, there is no easy way to start this, so let's just dive right in. As many of us are nowadays, we are addicted to the social media app TikTok. I want to say late September, early October of 2020, I was scrolling through my For You page and this girl appears on the screen. Just as I was about to scroll past, she says, are we really not going to talk about the fact that hookup culture is a form of self-harm? So, intrigued for obvious reasons. Um, if you're an active listener, you know why. But for those of you who are not, Back in the fall of 2019, I was in a very dark place. I was in a very toxic and five-year-long relationship. Well, in the same October, that relationship came to an end. And like most girls who go through a toxic breakup, I felt like my world was ending. And that the only thing that kept me sane was stripped away. Continuing with that, I joined the dating app Tinder. Because everyone was telling me, Jay, you just need to get back out there. Or, you're such a beautiful girl, you'll find someone. Plus, when you get back out there, you'll see that guys will be all over you. So, I did. And they were right. Guys were all over me. At first, I couldn't meet up with them because I had seen so many bad things associated with Tinder dates. People were actually getting murdered on these dates. Yet, to make a long story short, I finally took the plunge and went on my first Tinder date. Not only did I sneak out from from my house the first time, but I met him in the most sketchy place I'd ever been in my 19 years of living. After it was over, I felt this rush of adrenaline, and I felt alive again. This process continued, and I was constantly meeting up with these men, engaging in risky activity, but the thing was, everyone kept asking me why I was doing this, and I just couldn't explain to them why. I just felt like I deserved it. I felt better after doing this type of thing because I finally felt something real. I wasn't numb anymore. Now, I know some of you may be thinking, Jalen, how exactly does this tie into self-harm? Well, self-harm or self-injury is when a person or yourself hurts themselves on purpose, according to website NAMI. And that's what I was doing. I was hurting myself by meeting up with these people I didn't know and engaging in risky sexual activity. Now, doing my research, I found out that 48% of people from the ages of 15 to 25 self-injure, according to the CDC. And that in 2018, it was reported to Arizona Department of Health and Services that Arizona had 11,800 people that had inflicted self-harm. Now, that might seem kind of low to you, except they also reported that 59.5% were female, and Arizona had a one suicide for every eight self-inflicted injury, 
Not to mention, these were repeat offenders. However, those studies only focus on direct self-harm. The self-harm you can see by cutting your skin, burning your skin, piercing your skin, or not letting your wound heal. This doesn't talk about my self-harm, the indirect self-harm. This is going to be your eating disorder, involvement in abuse, toxic relationships, um, substance abuse, and lastly, risky or reckless behavior. This is directly from an article posted in the Psychiatric Research that was written by Sarah St. Germain and Joe Huey, who are in the Department of Psychology at Harvard University. These well-respected women saw these forms of self-harm as forms of self-harm, since they fall within the general guidelines of self-harming. Now, I read the seven-page report, and what they concluded is that people who use indirect forms of self-harm tend to have more impulsives, have more problems with negative emotions, like depression, more problems with aggression, lower self-esteem, and they can even have or mimic symptoms of borderline personality disorder. With that being said, Jermaine and Hooley feel like by broadening the definition of how one can self-harm, you can have a better chance to identify high-risk individuals who are very self-critical and the most at risk for suicide. Okay, now that I've had you self-diagnose your friends, family members, and even your kids, let's talk about what we can do to help them. When people self-harm at times, they can feel lonely with keeping this burden. And so opening a line of communication and focusing on how you're feeling can help start the healing process. Personally, I think that listening to music that expresses how you feel in that moment, journaling your feelings and thoughts, or even coloring slash painting helped me. And I think it could help others. Another thing that helped me was getting a pet, a cat. And having him there made me feel like I wasn't alone. And as crazy as it sounds, I even confined in him, which made it easier to want to talk to others about the problem I was having. Now, if you're on the receiving end of this information, the best thing to do is to support the person. Many times people want to give an ultimatum, which won't be effective since ultimatums ultimately make people reject and retaliate, thus leading to an increase of their feeling of loneliness and guilt that comes with self-harm. Lastly, just be there for the person. You can encourage communication, but if they don't seem to want to talk about it, just reassure them when they feel the urge to self-harm that they can reach out to you for support however they may need it. Closing this, I I just want to say that if you're self-harming, that what you're feeling is real. And yes, those scars may be there forever, but the pain you're feeling right now won't be. You're not alone, and there is someone in your life that is noticing your pain, but they just might be waiting for you to initiate that conversation with them. So when you're ready, we'll be here for you.